Anchor for the Toronto Maple Leafs. October 25th, late night edition. The late night owls just crushing it. What? It's almost 1 o'clock in the morning, buddy. Uh, this is going to be a short and sweet. I was, I was having a tough time keeping the eyelids open. This is a heavy eyelid game from the Maple Leafs. We're already three hours past my bedtime. So, yeah. Um, I'm usually in bed. I'm already talked around 10 p.m. Usually, whenever the least, whenever the least game ends and I finish talking to you, Bro. that's when I hit the hay right you away. Just put my you head in the pillow sick. and get my little nightcap on, and away I go straight to <laughs> Betty Buys. This is a man who told me literally when we were hanging out Saturday afternoon. I like to stay in bed till 10 watching TikToks. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? You sleep in 12 hours? Like, you're just in nah, bed? No, nah, You're nah. just literally half sleep. the day. Half the day, you're vertical. You're just vertical and just making sure <laughs> that you're getting your Betty by rest time. What are we talking about here? Stay up till 10. You're 34. Like, yeah, you're going to be I like, I like, I don't go, like, straight to sleep. I, yeah, you know, okay. I get into bed. I have, I whisper sweet nothings to my wife and yeah. I just talk, you know, I just Yo, have a little pillow talk. Married. You're all, you're all about saying wife right away. Like these days, eh? You're just like, well, what else would I say? No, I know, but you're, you're just like, you're throwing it in, you know, like yeah, you're, you're being aggressive with it. You're throwing it in unnecessarily. Like I'm no so sick of fiance, bro. I had yeah. to go straight yeah. to wife. Oh, so dude. fiance, they got to get a better word. <laughs> yeah. We it's too pretentious. It it's yeah. the most pretentious Fian- word in the history of, of, of life. Bro, fiance makes me think about Billy Zane on the Titanic. (laughs) 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 My fiance, it's like you you trapped her. You trapped her, bro. If you got a fiance, she's trapped up. All right, Leafs lose. Bomber of a night. Uh, Only what sucks about this game is the only positive is Tavares didn't get too hurt, apparently, because he gets hit with a sandy 97-mile-per-hour clapper in the knee. And there's something called drop leg. Where it happens in the UFC like uh, every once in a while. Like they try to do leg kicks, obviously calf kicks. If you hit a sweet spot where it kind of looks like the puck hit Tavares, it can just totally knock all the nerve endings in your leg and just cripple your foot essentially for a little while. And I think that it probably stung like a son of a bitch. But listen, my medical degree in fake degree university, watching sports university says that if he's stepping on the ice, he got cleared. And I'm guessing that he couldn't put any pressure on the leg because he just had no feeling in the bottom of the leg or no feeling in the foot. And he probably thought it was the worst because the pain was incredibly overwhelming. Like I've taken, I took a slap shot when I was like 14 or 15 that hit me. Like I didn't have uh, it got through the like uh, little cover on top of the pad when I went down butterfly and it just hit me like right in the kneecap. And it's just same thing, like bruised up, but I've never felt pain like that in my entire life. I'm guessing that 97 miles per hour rather than the kid that probably shot at 60 max. What? 50, 60? 40? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how do you know what it was? That it probably stings quite a bit different. So, yeah, two positives from this game. First one, and honestly to me, considering where the Leafs center depth is at, I will mm-hmm. take John Tavares healthy over them winning this game 10 Dude, times out of 10. Did, did you start going down the rabbit hole? Did you start? Of course. Thinking, oh, yeah. Of course. I was the, the first thought in my mind is like, okay, so tomorrow they're going to be able to put him on LTIR and then they're going to have 11. They're going to have 11 million dollars to play with to go find somebody to help. And, you know, they're going to have to figure out if if they're going to maybe do Willie at center finally and have him do line two and who you're going to put on the wing with. Like, I was going down the whole rabbit hole. To me, like I just said, the it's a bad loss they played like crap the way they started those, those every period was just disgraceful truly three 
dud starts. The first five minutes of each period were just horribly played by them. No organization at all, structurally awful, no communication, guys getting in behind. But to me, I will take this loss if it means that Tavares is not out for an extended period of time. Because they would have been so screwed if he was really badly hurt. Dude, this is what makes me almost pissed off about this, is that the relief I have for the Tavares return almost Mm -hmm. wipes away how dog shit they were tonight. That was an absolute dog shit performance by the Maple Leafs. It felt like every period was just, okay, so we're going to let Vegas just break in clean on the net, off the rush, and then we're just going to let them ham us in and have their way with poor Sam Sonoff. By far, by far. First, second, and third star tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs was the guy wearing 30 between the pipes. Yeah, he made so many. Un- for what? I apologize for hating on him. Oh, no, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. I will not apologize. <laughs> he was excellent tonight. I, listen, yeah. you can you can have Weird. different feelings after different games. Yeah. He was by far their best player tonight. He made how many 10 bell saves? At least six or seven 10 bell saves on just complete breakdowns, man. Yeah. Like the defense tonight. Everyone, to a man, no one was good. They were wide open all over the place. And it just, you know, they played that game against the Jets where they have something. I know the Jets stink. They won tonight, but the Jets aren't a very good team compared to Vegas. But it just goes back. They can get all emotional. They get all excited to play against the Jets because they hate the Jets and they got a reason to play against them. And Cliffy and and Simmer are going into the lineup and they're all excited about it. And then they go into a team that they have no natural rivalry with. There's no hatred. There's no nothing. And they just go back to the PP Whack Boys. They just the lay a goddamn. Da- they- I thought the PP Whack Boys were going to show up in the second period, and they did the- for the second half of every period. They played great for the second half of every period. It's like almost there's micro now. there's microcosms of their own selves within every period now. Like they start out like crap, and then they probably get a pee pee whack from the bench. <laughs> Goddamn, Sheldon's just screaming at them. He's literally like, "Would you idiots just skate, skate, skate?" He's yelling at them to skate, and it's just like, I, I, I. It sucks that we can excuse this effort because Tavares was yeah. literally thought we lost him for the season, so it's happy to have that back. But outside of that, just another horrific effort by them, and but, now they have three days to think about it. No, well. I, you know what, though? I couldn't help but think about Sheldon in this game. I, I really don't want to keep coming back to this narrative about him and his voice in the room and media and all this stuff because I'm sure that behind closed doors is not as bad. But this poor guy has to watch every reaction he has on the bench. The pee whack boys are just giving him that effort tonight, and he's just got to stand there like a mute and just go, it's fine. Don't even worry about it at all. That's him all night long. He's powerless out there. Like, he can't so what- show a ton of emotion. It just – tonight sucked, man. Honest to God. Tonight just sucked. And there were so many layers to the suckitude, like – the blue line, I don't want to try to single out anybody because everybody was just awful. But the blue line tonight was, that that was a, oh, wow, you really notice the secondary guys in there. Like Victor Mete on the, what was it, the second goal? No, it was the third goal. That, uh, of course, right after Tavares gets hurt, it's Michael Amadio, the guy that every Leaf fan <laughs> mocked a year ago as the guy that had to come into the lineup, just goes bar down because Victor Mete leaves his assignment for whatever reason, he's trying to go get physical. I thought every time that 
he or Sandine had to go back and retrieve a puck tonight. It was just nightmare zone. Morgan Riley, same thing. You know, it was bad when TJ Brody's getting walked and he's not putting up any resistance. I couldn't help but think about old 40 year old Giordano watching these guys going, the hell did I sign up for here? I'm getting 800K for this. What What are we doing? Oh God. I hope I like, I hope he's not doing bad in the market like the rest of us because 800K probably doesn't feel too good on nights like this. Anyway, I don't know what else to say. Like Samsonov was great. I Uh, like, honestly, Mete really great going North, going South. Not as enjoyable going up the ice with the puck. Pretty good. Going back into his own zone on the puck. Not as good, Never not as pinch. good, not nearly as good. Like. So yeah, I think the it's pretty sweet that not only did Phil Kessel score a goal, which should still count, which we can talk about that offside review is there's never been a more offside review against the spirit of the game than that one in the history of the sport that how long that took and they took a time out to review it it was bad especially since they took away from phil too like 400th goal 400th goal against against his former team i know that's kind of like fire sheldon (laughs) (laughs) and and then michael amadio scoring a goal like this is just a perfect night for leafs the the leafs really They, they checked off all the all the bingo card things here tonight so I, I really don't have a lot on it either, but I'm just really, really, really relieved that Tavares isn't injured long term because that looked like a broken leg or a shattered kneecap or whatever. He was in trouble when they were helping him off the ice. That shot of him going down the tunnel. I was like, oh, my God, his season's over. That was what you thought, too, right? Mm, nah, I was a little bit more patient with it. I'm not going to lie. I, I really did just the way the puck hit him. I thought that there was a good chance that it was a stinger. I wasn't overreacting to it. Mm. I thought maybe it was going to be like a deep bruise and that he, I didn't think he was coming back in the game. No. Like, don't get me wrong. I didn't think he was coming back in the game, but that's a, you don't really see guys lose significant time from getting hit by a puck in that area. It was a fluky one. It was a weird one, but mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't starting to write off the entire season. I was more thinking about what the road trip was going to look like and how, dude, this is one of the things that, has been a bane for the Leafs or a curse for the Leafs the last couple of years. It's just the lack of center depth of this team. Look what happened in the series against Montreal when they end up losing Tavares, right? It's just they they don't have guys who can really step up in the lineup. I, I genuinely thought, I wonder if they're going to give Nylander a look at second line center and mm-hmm. they'll go to some kind of like Malgin-Robertson line because what what are you supposed to do? Like what, what, what are you going to do with your center depth here? At least give them a look. I, I don't know. They're just screwed if something happens to one of those top guys. It's just a reminder of being such a hot, top-heavy team that depth isn't always just something where we complain about the guys who are only supposed to play, you know, eight to ten minutes. It's actually, oh, what happens if there's an injury in a sport where there's extreme attrition, especially when it comes to the playoffs? And what happens when mm-hmm. John Tavares, who's having an incredible start to his season – starts to age out a little bit and he can't carry a line like he has to start this season. So yeah, I think that was more of the eye opener for me is just a reminder of, you know, Kerfoot is a nice third line center or Yarncroft who can play there in a pinch mm-hmm. and you can get away with what they have with their fourth line when your top two are dominant. But the second one of those dominoes falls, like it, it's all pot for the Leafs. People are, like I saw tweets about just tank. <laughs> like that's I'm serious. I saw tank tweets from people in the mentions when he went down with the injury. So yeah. Anyway, um, awful night. Just I yeah, got one they, for they you. Could not find it. So we talked about this today on Kipper and Born. I wanted to get your yeah. take. I don't know if I've ever talked with you about this. Is Kessel a Hall of Famer? I was thinking about this this morning too. Um, 
I think he is. Me too. It, it's the Hockey Hall of Fame. Guys that are of, let's just say, equal stature of Phil Kessel have gotten in. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to have over 400 goals, over 1,000 points, two Stanley Cups, one of which he was genuinely the second best player on his team. And the only reason he wasn't the best is because Sidney Crosby was there. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that you could put him in. To me, this is going to be actually an interesting one about so much of that getting in that hall is like politics of the game and the old boys club kind of deciding like, dude, Alexander Gilney should be in. And it's straight up yeah. old boys club that's kept them out. They say stuff like crazy things when you ask people on the panel, like his international record. It's like, dude, he was escaping Russia. What do you want him to do about <laughs> his international record? He's literally fleeing from his country and you guys are hammering over not having any international resume. It's wild. So um, I think a lot of it is political and how much you're liked when you're kind of a fringier guy like Phil, but maybe I'm being a little bit of a homer because I liked Kessel's time. Um, but, and I just like the guy. I think that he's a hockey character. I wouldn't you want to see Phil Kessel show up sure. the hockey hall of fame. Induction I would love, I would love that. I would love that speech. Yeah. Give and us the it, speech. Yeah. So to me, it's an obvious one. And like, I think you mentioned the Iron Man streak, which we can I get did. into the, Oh yeah. We can get into the, the nuts and bolts of that because I think there's, uh, two sides to that story as we can get into, but I think having that all-time record, which he's going to if he starts against whoever their next mm-hmm. game is, he's going to have the all-time Ironman streak. Like you said, two cups. And I think I think they mentioned on the broadcast tonight, I think they said that uh, he was robbed of the Conn Smythe, which uh, I think is I in terms... I, I mean, I mean, Sidney Crosby was really good for them yeah. when they won the cup. But he, I, they I said that... Like, he, he was a good case. Yeah, he had 18 goals in those two, series, those two years when they won the back-to-back cup. Yeah. So he was really, really good for them. I think for me, it's probably not first ballot, but I think he eventually gets in. Yeah, no, he's definitely not a first ballot guy. And mm-hmm. there's a reason why you have to ask the question, right? Yeah. Never forget the famous tweet of, uh, for me, I say Patrice Bergeron is a first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I'm not saying who that? tweeted that. No, you don't remember that tweet? No. Oh, yeah, but, it was a great tweet. Uh, yeah. I was just saying uh, it was I, an American who came here, and it was like, yeah, anyway. Uh, it was, I, think, uh, I think he's a yeah. lock. <laughs> Something tells me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, he said, I don't even think it was first ballot. I think the tweet was just, I, I, if you ask me, Patrice Bergeron is a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> we weren't really having we, we finished that discussion uh, in like a decade ago. But, yeah, I think Phil eventually gets in. The, the thing to me is how much weight we're supposed to put into the Ironman streak because – when Yandel snapped it, he snapped like Doug Harvey, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty wild to do that. Yeah, and in a, the modern NHL, that that's what I mean. I, I I view it as like an incredible, incredible streak, especially in a sport like hockey. And to me, I, I was talking about this with Ennis today, and I've got Keith Yandel on uh, the JD Punkus podcast tomorrow, so I, I'm yeah. kind of excited to talk to him about it. Uh, it's good timing for him to be on. Perfect. But for me, the the really interesting thing about Phil, or at least what I would like to believe is that part of the reason that he was able to do this is that he wasn't always killing himself off the ice, you know, that he wasn't just grinding. He's obviously a freak, man. He is like, mm-hmm. you've, you saw the story about him. God gifted yeah, talent. Yes. He's, he's an, un, he is one of those guys. There's a reason why he thought he could step out on a basketball court and, and beat, beat Reeves. <laughs> you know, like, destroyed. He, just thought, yeah, he, he just thought, but that's because he's that dude. Remember the 24 seven series where he's playing ping pong. Like he's golfer. Like he's just that guy where mm-hmm. everything that he's ever done, it has come easy to him athletically. 
And we've all been around that guy, and Phil is that dude. And even so, weight room-wise, right? He's a freak. He's a freak in the weight room. He's got incredibly <laughs> powerful legs. He's always been a great skater. Like, there's so many layers to Phil Kessel. But I like to believe that – and, I, man, I was, talking about, I was talking about this with a former NHLer off air the other day about this. Like, he was saying – you can't treat all the players the same way. You got to be different with the way that you practice veterans throughout their careers. You can with the young guys and that can lead to injuries. And I think that Phil Kessel is a guy who knows his body, knows his limits and isn't afraid to take a little bit of downtime. And, and it, it's such an outlier in today's modern sports for us to think that because we live in the era of LeBron James talking about like $10 million a year on his body and Tom Brady TB 12. But Phil is just a different breed and the proofs in the pudding. The guy plays games and the guy's had an Dude. incredible career. So do you remember, and I know you will, I'm just testing you here, mm -hmm. the game that started the streak, what happened? Yeah, because I was, I was at that game. You were at the game, his first uh, game. No, sorry, I was, at his, I was at the last game he missed against Montreal. Okay, but do you remember the game after when he started? Like when he came finally, I think it was, did he have shoulder surgery in the offseason before he yeah. came on the Leafs and he comes flying across the, comes flying through the neutral zone, puck on his stick, head of steam, and Matthias Oland yeah. buried, him. buried him like yeah. absolutely like yeah. a 10 bell yeah. hit like and he goes off the ice and you're like oh my god oh my he god, had a he had a five minute yeah. career as a leaf <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <it laughs> and then he comes back out over again yeah back it was here. Like, I just oh, boy, I'll never fun. forget that and that yeah. first game he played as a leaf he was flying through the neutral zone and he got smoked by Matthias Oland in his first I game I think it's one a of the biggest of hits. I think it's a little bit revisionist history looking back on his tenure as a Leaf. Like people look at it a little bit more fondly than it was, especially near the end. Like oh, it got bad. It got bad. Yeah, it got bad at the end, and people kind of look back on it and go, "Ah, Phil, we loved him. He was great. It wasn't his fault." And you go, "Yeah, yeah kind of." He got driven out of town. Everybody poo pooed him for no effort, and then like he was he was overpaid, and he wasn't uh, what they needed. Like there yeah, was, yeah, yeah. It, it's the same thing that happened. It's a cautionary tale, quite honestly. It's that a cautionary said. tale about this core. That being said, he definitely was like, if you think about Matt Sundin and how much people would always say he didn't have enough around him and you oh, go he's through Matt, the leader of that. Yeah. Uh, Castle is like the next biggest guy compared to Sundin in terms of not really having anything around him. Who was the center the whole time? Bozak. That's, that's what I mean. It, and Bozak came up from college mm -hmm. and Bozak was good. Bozak had obviously sure. a good career as a leaf and he's actually kind of got, I think also a bit of an underrated leafs career. Um, because of the era that he was in, but, and God, it's so sad that the Leafs are the team, like an original six franchise. And you got to be like, you know, who's underrated for them is Tyler. Bozak. But it's true. But it's, <laughs> yeah. it's true. That's how bad this organization has been for so long. You got to go, Hey, if you put together top 50 players, you know, ah, players we're going to bring back all our mid 2010 yeah. takes. Ah, Dion's just miscast. No, no, I never had that take. I never <laughs> that was that my take. number uh, one. I know, take. Your number one take. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not going there. Um, but I will just say that there is part of me that is a bit revisionist with Phil for sure. But there is also part of me that goes, man, he, he never got to play with anybody here. And it wasn't his fault that Brian Burke made that trade. And like, if you're talking about all time GM blunders in this city, like catapulting, what was a clear and obvious rebuild situation. It was a mystery. No Phil, doubt. Big was, time mystery. Yeah, exactly. And they could just never build a team around him. He got a little too team. horned up. He got he a little did. too horned, horned up and he made that. And, and then, and he of course, he beat the shit out of teams to win a cup. And it was like, yeah, no. And they had to. And then, like, was it the next two years in a row? Was it, it was Sagan and then Dougie Hamilton? Yeah. And they were both studs. And everybody yeah. always weighed 
Kessel against those two. And Sagan was such a stud earlier in his career. No, I think it was his, Sagan his... with the first, like the first round pick, and I think Dougie Hamilton was second round pick in the same draft or oh. a late first or something. Like I thought that. it because I know oh, they gave up two firsts. I thought it was the first year was Sagan, and then the second year Maybe was. I'm misremembering it. But yeah, I, I can't remember anyway. It was bad. Let's just say it was bad. Yeah, it didn't work out too well, no, especially no. since everyone thought Sagan was going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, yeah, kind of yeah. fall off. He's yeah, got a pretty good of. life, though. Handsome guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Can I tell you, guy. his yeah. life's okay. <laughs> yeah. If you were going to be like a professional hockey player for a day, there he's in the conversation. Anyway. Dallas would be a uh, sick, sick place to play, I think. What it, You got anything else? I'm good. Yeah. All right. Time to go to bed. Time to go to your wife. <laughs> Time to put my nightcap no, on, pal. I'm sure your wife is going to be real stoked about you getting in oh, bed shit. full of farts at <laughs> 1 o'clock in the morning. She can't wait. <laughs> Buddy, go sleep in a different bed. Anyway, this is Leaf Talk. I'm J.D. Bungus. I'm Sam McKee. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave five stars. Do all those sweet things. Again, if we get 50 new reviews between now and Thursday on Spotify and on iTunes, we'll go back and we'll jump on YouTube for the evening. We're just podcast only tonight. So, uh, yeah. Get that done. Share it with your friends. Leave those reviews. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at JD Bunkers at Sam McKee. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you Thursday, an even later time. Yeah.